Welcome to the Outspoken Offender Podcast. I'm a filmmaker, podcaster, dog dad, and of course, an advocate. I encourage people forced to register and their family members to move beyond stereotypes and social ostracism. Welcome to the show. Well, hello, I'm the Outspoken Offender. Thanks for tuning in today. And something that I talk about a lot in my videos, and I'm going to do it again today, is the ability to find housing. Uh, People on the registry uh, cannot find housing a lot of times. If you have the financial means to purchase a house, that's awesome. But when it comes to rental housing, that's a different story. It's uh, very difficult. You have to go through multiple, multiple listings, calling all over the place. And I personally know how it is. So it is challenging. And so today I'm going to talk a little bit about that with my special guest, Melissa McFadden. She is the president of an organization. It's called Reset Missouri in St. Louis, Missouri. And we'll get into her story in just a second here. And we'll talk about her organization. And it's good news because especially if you're in the state of Missouri and eventually, hopefully throughout the United States, she is providing housing for people on the registry, which is a much needed uh, asset. It's very important. Uh, So let's get right to the interview now. And my guest today is Melissa McFadden. Melissa, thank you for joining me on the show today. I appreciate your time. Uh, Let's start off with um, telling our viewers and listeners a little bit about you. Something sure. Basic. Thank you for having me. <laughs> sure. So I am a mom of four kids. I'm a social worker by trade. I've been a licensed clinical social worker for about 20 years. Um, and um, wife, uh, like I said, mother of four. And um, I changed course. Uh, with my career, with my life, um, everything was derailed about five years ago. What happened? Um, what happened about five years ago? So my oldest son, uh, his name is Tony. He was home from college, um, just on, on summer break and he was falsely accused of raping a woman and he, um, was, after a couple of weeks of back and forth and really not really knowing what was happening, he was arrested and he was held in county jail on $100,000 cash only bond. And since we had no experience with this, I didn't know what that meant, but that means literally $100,000 in cash was required to get him out of jail. And um, obviously we did not have that. So he sat in jail on an accusation for over a year. Um, and he went to court um, in October, just so happened to be the real start of the Me Too movement, in fact. And uh, my son, who happens to be black, he was, um, he faced a jury of that was 100% white. It was a white judge. Um, and he was sentenced eventually he was found guilty and sentenced to 15 years in prison for an accusation. 
That's made, correct. Made so, by a female? Made by a female. Um, he had consensual sex with her and it was her word against his. There was no physical evidence of a crime. And um, no physical evidence of a crime. That's a scary thought, Melissa, because uh, can anybody just bring up these accusations and it's, you know, it's he, he said, she said type thing. And they, they take the, uh, the person complaining about it or putting in the complaint, they take their sides most of the time, I guess. Apparently so. And the, I think the, the biggest, um, detriment of that sort of thing happening is that it takes time resources and money away mm. from true victims of crime mm. and so all of these resources were spent on my son and others who are innocent and are just accused and as you said as he said she said and um they don't consider the fact that actually some people are not guilty of the accusations. Because when I was arrested, I know how my mother was. <laughs> she was a hysterical mess um, with, with good reason. How were you that day when you found out this was happening to your son? This was the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my life. And so um, from the day that he was arrested, um, I'll never forget that day. He was the the police officer was actually very kind, and they he went out for a walk. He came back, and the police officer was had, had been waiting for him. Had seen him leave, saw him come back, and um, kindly put him in the front seat of the police vehicle with his um, his hands handcuffed, obviously. But he was very kind. Uh, during the arrest, and I'm eternally grateful for that. I spoke with an attorney immediately. We had no idea what we were doing. We hired someone that was completely ill-equipped. He actually is um, very good at DUI cases, not criminal um, offenses. And so we we just hired the wrong person. Um, but from day one, Tony called me daily and sometimes multiple times a day and as you know jail phone calls are 15 minutes in length and so he would call if the if that 15 minutes was not enough for him to get what he needed to say out of the way he would call right back back to back to back mm -hmm. and i was physically drained every time i spoke to him it took every bit of energy out of me because I needed to be on for him. I needed to be strong and I needed to support my son. And um, that was really, really hard. So I I did see a doctor and I uh, was prescribed anti-anxiety and antidepressants. Um, I also started to drink. I drank every day. I gained 30 pounds. I um, found a lot of um, peace and structure. I, I, I guess peace is the right word. Um, 
and so when I went to work, that was actually, a, it felt good because I, I knew what the heck I was doing at work. I felt completely out of control when it came to my family. I had no idea what I was doing and I had no idea how to help my child. And so I threw myself into work. And then when I got home is when I just, um, my all of my self-care just, it, I had, there was none. It was, you know, I was, like I said, self-medicating with alcohol and I, I had to use medication to get through the day, to have the strength to talk to him on the phone um, and to just go through day to day. We were able to visit him um, every two weeks when he was in county jail. And of course there's glass between you and you pick up the phone and you talk to him. And I have, as I mentioned, I have a mom of four and Tony is my oldest. So at the time I had a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, and a 10-year-old. And so of course wow. they came with me along with my husband every time because they wanted to see their brother. And this was never the situation I wanted my children to see, to, to have any knowledge of. I had never been to a prison or a jail visiting area and I never expected my children to. And um, this is how we spent our Tuesday evenings every other week. And it was, mm -hmm. it was very, very hard. Mm, I, I bet. I'm very sorry that you um, had to go through that and, and currently are going through it. Um, was there, how, first of all, how long ago did this happen? How, has it been a few years? Yes. Uh, he was arrested five years ago. Um, okay. he, he has spent... Um, a little over five years incarcerated between county jail and prison. Like I said, he was sentenced to 15 years. And so right now he's in a maximum security state facility. Um, and until COVID, we were able to visit him. You know, having other children at home who were involved in other activities, we only visited about every three weeks or so. It's about an hour and a half drive each way, plus four hours to visit. And so it was literally the whole day, but of course we we made the trip. In fact, um, my youngest child for his uh, 10th and 11th birthdays, he wanted to spend his birthday visiting his brother. And so he you know, did not want the birthday party. He didn't want, he, he wanted to visit his brother. He didn't care where he was. Hmm. Just spending time with him was what he wanted to do. And that's something that I won't forget. It was just really touched my heart. I, I, that's, that's amazing. I, I know there's, there's a, what I'm seeing is a lack of support, emotional support um, for wives of registrants and, and parents of registrants, moms and dads, what kind of support did you have when this happened? And, and today, is there enough support out there? Are, are wives and, and parents kind of forgotten in this entire mess? Yes. Um, fortunately, there are, or unfortunately, there are many of us. And so we find each other. And so I'm involved in many Facebook groups um, of moms of sons incarcerated and also moms or loved ones who have a loved one who is accused of a sex crime. And that piece for me was very tough because when I spoke with someone, um, 
it was prior to sentencing, but after his conviction about the sex offense registry that pretty much um, put me back to where I was when I when this first all happened. Um, I just had a hard time dealing with the fact that my son would be on this registry for the rest of his life. What are some of your fears that you have for your son being on this registry when he gets out? They're uh, immeasurable. I I worry about um, employment possibilities. I worry about where residency. I worry about a relationship. Tony literally dreams of a wife. He wants to be married. He wants to have a family. And he has dreams of this beautiful wife. And I... I really worry that that's not going to be as easy for him. I I do know it's possible. I know many people through this journey that are on the registry, that have families, that have spouses, that are um, making the most of their their lives now. And I know that this is very possible for him. But life is not going to be easy at all. Life is never easy, but this is it's just making it a hundred times worse. Yeah. I mean, your concerns are of, of course valid. The employment is a huge issue. I have seen that in my personal life. I've talked to a lot of people that struggle with employment uh, and housing. So let's lead into this, unless there's anything else you want to, you know, talk about with your story before we move on to reset Missouri. I want to no, make that's sure. Great. That, okay. Um, so housing is a huge issue and tell me about the organization you started. Tell me a little bit about Reset Missouri, first of all. Sure. So Reset Missouri um, is something that I felt called to do. Um, I have never felt so strongly called to do anything in my life. And I was a little resistant initially because this is hard work. Mm -hmm. um, but I was called to, to house or provide housing for people on the registry. So Reset Missouri provides transitional housing to men who are coming straight from prison or jail, um, which is the case for some of these guys, uh, and need housing because they don't have another home plan. And they will be uh, living, they'll live with us for 12 months. We will provide services to them, um, case management, social services, uh, different things that they need individually. So one person may really need help with everything, um, with employment, with uh, a driver's license, with uh, clothes and food and resources. And other people may just need to get reconnected with yeah. previous employment and to reconnect with their families. Or, you know, for every person, their needs are going to be different and we will focus on what their individual needs are. They have 12 months to get from prison to living independently. And we are going to do everything we can to make sure that that happens as seamlessly as possible. So what I'm gathering uh, is it's not just here, here's a roof over your head. It's actually more of a, and it's not a halfway house. We want to make that clear. It's it's not like Bureau of Prisons or anything like that. It's a private organization and you assist with what you were talking about, getting, um, driver's license and forms and getting ready for the real world 
it sounds like. That's exactly right. And yes, it's not a halfway house. So these men, um, what we are telling them in our interviews with them is this is their home. This is not, um, there, there will be rules, of course. Um, there have to be rules. If you're living with a roommate, you should have rules uh, as far as curfews, as far as uh, how to be safe, you know, no violence. We also will not allow drugs or alcohol or smoking. Um, so there are some rules that are a little bit more stringent than, say, living with a roommate. But these are all for the, um, really the respect of their roommates. And I do call them roommates. They're not, um, at this point, they are free from prison. And so they are residing in this, in their home, in this home, um, and together, and they will have responsibilities for cleaning and um, feeding themselves and respecting each other um, as roommates. They will meet once weekly um, to have a family, have a, a house meeting. So they'll talk about things like, you know, you left the milk out on the counter all day. Now we have to throw it away. Why would you do that? Or I got a job and I'm so excited and sure. I want to share this with my roommates or, you know, anything it can be good, can be bad, can be anything in between. So it's a lot of support there because everybody's kind of in the same situation. They're having trouble finding housing because of this registry. That's right. Yeah. Um, St. Louis, by the way, right? Did we mention it was St. Yes. Louis? Okay. Yeah, Saint we're in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. And it's been really hard. Um, so you mentioned... Um, residency restrictions, I believe you, you did. And um, so. there are a lot, okay, <laughs> there are a Maybe lot of know. challenges. Mm -hmm. um, I have to say I'm exhausted and frustrated and um, I've wanted to quit so many times because this is really, really hard to find something that's suitable for our men. So you're having trouble finding housing for people to live there that are on the registry, but there, there is some good news. It sounds like there may be a potential, is it an, is like a apartment or a condo in St. Louis that you guys are looking at now? Yes, we found an apartment. Our preference was a house. We wanted something that was large enough to house at least eight men. Um, but we haven't found that. And so at this point we are so eager to start helping people and we have to start. Um, once we have a track record and we have something that people can say, okay, well, Reset Missouri really is doing this. So let's go ahead and, and support them financially and otherwise, then we can grow larger. But right now we have found an apartment. Um, it's mm -hmm. th only three bedrooms, but it's three bedrooms. And so um, it's three bedrooms, one net bath. We will be able to house uh, four or five men there plus a house monitor and so the house monitor is if you think of your the parents leave for an evening and they leave the big sister or big brother home to supervise yeah. they really have no authority over these guys but it's someone that can mentor them can make sure that everyone's out in case of a fire that comes home by curfew sure. that sort of thing Let's just step back for a second, because as you're talking, I'm, I'm thinking the wheels are turning in my brain, and that doesn't happen very often, no. Um, 
what I'm frustrated about, and I know a lot of viewers and listeners may be catching on to this, is here you are, Reset Missouri, an organization uh, attempting to assist people on the registry, affected by this registry, the sex offense registry, and you're trying to find housing, but you're not even on the registry. You haven't been convicted of anything. You're being treated like you've been on the registry, I guess. And they are denying you left and right. Now, you may have found something That's right. which is great, but it's been a, a, a huge struggle. How does that make you feel when you keep getting rejected like that when you're not even on the registry? It feels horrible. Um what you know there the other factor is that we need something that we can afford um because we are a small nonprofit we don't have a lot of money nor does a, someone that is coming from incarceration they don't have a lot of money and so you're restricted by income and so our revenue is not huge and so we have to find something that's within our price range and so when we were looking at a place to rent um, it, everything was going great in the conversation until, and I explained that we were a, a nonprofit looking to provide transitional housing. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, that sounds great. Can everyone pass this background check? And in fact, previous uh, to him asking this question, I had said they're coming, there is transitional housing for people coming from incarceration. Yeah. And I Hello. said, well, no. <laughs> They cannot pass this background check. And he said, well, I'm sorry, we can't help you. So it looks like you have a potential apartment with several bedrooms, which is which is wonderful. A great start. Where do you hope that Reset Missouri goes, you know, in five to 10 years? Where do you see it? Well, I have a very clear vision. Um, we will house these four or five men right now. And within a year, we will double that number or triple that number. And within five years, we will have several homes in throughout the state of Missouri. So we are located in St. Louis, but we have need for a home in the Kansas City area. We have need for a home in Columbia. We have a partner group that's working to do the same thing that we are. Um, they're the Second Chance Coalition, Missouri Second Chance Coalition. And they need someone to run a house for fe for females. And so we would love to do that. Um, we will expand from Missouri into other states. There are not a lot of organizations that are doing this throughout the country. In fact, we're the only one in the state of Missouri. Yeah. In fact, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, you know, I get emails from time to time, people asking me, where do I find housing in Chicago? Where do I find housing in Savannah, Georgia, you know, I, and unfortunately I don't have a place where they can go to. I just encourage people to keep looking for private owners, private landlords, and, and, and just keep working at it. And unfortunately that's all I can give. So, uh, it's amazing what you're doing, um, there in St. Louis and Missouri, Missouri, and I hope it expands to different States. Melissa, you have a story about a gentleman in prison, right? He, he went back on a violation. Uh, and he wants to try to get some housing with Reset Missouri. Tell me about him. Yes, he. we interviewed him this week, and he will be our first resident. Um, his name is actually also Tony, so it's a good name in my book. Oh. <laughs> um, he, was, he, he was sentenced to one month um, for a, a 
violation of the for a registry violation. Mm -hmm. And so he was um, sentenced in September, which means he should have been out of prison in October. Unfortunately, he is still incarcerated because he didn't have a home plan. Now, this gentleman has lots of support outside of Mm -hmm. prison. He has no one that he can actually live with, whether they have small children or they live too close to a school or they're just not a good candidate for him to live with. And so he's continued to be incarcerated long past his due date to come home. And so I am thrilled that we're going to be able to give him the opportunity to leave prison, to get back on his feet and to start again. Um, He should not still be there. Um, And this is the story of so many people. Because they don't have any places to go to. They don't have a a home release plan. Is that what I'm getting? That's right. Okay. Yes. Um, We've talked about the struggles that families, you know, in registrants tr- trying to find housing and you're in St. Louis. I've been there one time. I don't know how the community is. I mean, I'm guessing pretty, pretty conservative. Are you ready for, I mean, are, or are you experiencing any backlash from the community that are saying, Hey, we don't want this. We don't want registrants housed here. We don't want those type of people housed here. Are you getting any, anything like that? We are. Um, the public officials are very supportive of what we're doing, but not in their backyard. Where and do so, they, ex- I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. <laughs> I know you're frustrated. So, Me too. We're just like ready yeah. to scream. I'm ready to, I don't have any hair to pull. No, I have a little hair on top, but, uh, <laughs> where do they expect people on the registry to live? I don't, I don't understand. It's a great I mean, question. Are they okay with them being homeless under a bridge? I mean, do you come back and say that to them and say, hey, okay, fine, we won't have the house, but they're going to be under that bridge over there? Well, unfortunately, that wouldn't be the case because instead these men will continue to stay incarcerated. So we're going to hold men mm. or and women in cages um, for something that they actually have served time, their time for, and they're going to continue to hold them with our tax dollar money because they don't want them in their neighborhood. Oh my goodness. I, I get, I, so I get we have literally more. looked at, hun- I'm sorry. No, go ahead. We've literally looked at hundreds of homes, but they don't meet the requirements. They're too close to a home, uh, to a school. They're too close to a park. They're too expensive. They're too small. They're uh, just, we can't even, we don't even get to the point that we want to, look that we can or that we have any desire to look at the home because they don't meet our basic requirements. Have you ever thought about naming the house, the Tony house? And I'm being serious. Actually, um, I would love to name the house Joseph house. And here's why his middle name is Joseph. My partner who happens to be uh, the vice president of reset Missouri, Deborah, Mm -hmm. her son's incarcerated as well. His middle name is Joseph. My middle name is Joe and her middle name is Joe. So it feels like it's just destined um, to be Joseph House. Um, And so there will be a Joseph House. (laughs) There may also be a Tony House. (laughs) 
And Deborah Grund, we've got to do a shout out with for Deborah. She is vice president. So you guys are both working hard along with the the board of directors there at Reset Missouri. Um, anything else that you want to say? I mean, I know we could be talking forever and maybe we'll do a part two. Maybe I'll check in with you to see how this apartment house is going, um, you know, as time goes on. Anything else that you want to say to the viewers and listeners before I let you go? There is support for people. There is hope. If often feels very hopeless. Um, like I said earlier, I would have loved to throw in the towel, curl up in a ball and pretend like this was not happening and just be done with Reset Missouri, with having a child who's incarcerated, having a child who's going to be on the sex offense registry. I would love to be done with all of that. Um, but that's not my life now. And there is support there are, as i mentioned earlier there are facebook groups there are advocacy groups um women against registry is one of them there are some people whose families have been destroyed and they have no support um one of my sisters writes to tony on a weekly basis he has a lot of support and so do i if you don't have that naturally you have to find it well, you have a lot of support. You have support from me. You have a lot of people out there that you may not talk to, you may not correspond with, but uh, inside they are supporting you. And I, I, I hope that you continue Reset Missouri. Uh, you can find Reset Missouri at resetmissouri.org. And are you taking applications now, Melissa, uh, Melissa, at this point, or are you kind of waiting for that? No, we are. We are accepting applications. Okay. Our doors open on June 2nd. Um, awesome. And so... We will be filling these beds as soon as we can. There are too many men who require our services, and so we want to help them as soon as possible. Who knows? I might have to move to uh, St. Louis. <laughs> well, know. we could always use another house monitor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or a resident, <laughs> depending on how things go. All right, Melissa, I'm glad we were able to uh, talk about this, and we're, and we're laughing. You know, We have to laugh about these things sometimes, and to lighten the mood, but thank you so much for uh, spending time with me on the show. And again, resetmissouri.org, wonderful work. Uh, enjoy your weekend, okay? Thank you, you too. Much support to Melissa McFadden, my guest today on the show. Thanks for listening, thanks for watching. I'm the Outspoken Offender.